got a little bit of an obstructed view, and maybe you do too, but uh, that might be a good thing for you. All right, well, let's go ahead and start with a word of prayer, and then we'll sing a few songs and get into the message tonight. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to come into your house and to worship and to praise you this evening. Lord, we pray that your presence would be with our presence tonight. Lord, that you would speak to our hearts as only you can. Lord, pray that you would just have your way and your will done in our lives. We do thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Let's see. Let's turn. Turn to page uh, 201. Page 201. Uh, uh, start out with a Christmas song this evening. So come all ye faithful. Page 38, page 38.
Let's have some fellowship, God. Good evening. It uh, looks good up here, don't it? I seen an addition, Brother Adam. I didn't notice uh, the one up here, so that looks good. So I like that. I'm excited about this weekend. I hope that you've been inviting folks out. I was talking to Brother Doug. He says, well, at least people at his work know about Putnamville Baptist Church now. Whether they come or not, that's up to them. But he invited him to come. I know you've invited a lot of folks as well. Um, looks like I know um, I've got a lot of people that said they were going to be here for sure on Friday night. Um, so I'm expecting a pretty good crowd on Friday night. 
lot of church friends. And so uh, hopefully you'll invite some folks to come out. There's still some more flyers back there. If you can uh, pass those out to people in the store or whatever, just get, get it out. And uh, we want to be as much of a testimony, a witness as we can to our community. And I know the Lord will be uh, blessed because of it. All right. Well, I do appreciate you being out this evening, our Wednesday evening service. And uh, I'm going to uh, invite you to join me in Titus chapter 2. We're going to read one verse there, and then we'll be back in Matthew chapter 1. Uh, season of, uh, of Christmas season, the holiday season, I kind of want to focus on that. But on, in Titus chapter 2, verse 13, very familiar portion of Scripture, the Bible says, Looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for allowing us to be in your house tonight. Lord, we thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, we are so thankful for all that you do, for the good times, for the bad times, Lord, for the victories in the valleys. Lord, help us to be thankful in all things. Lord, as we open up your word tonight, Lord, I pray that we would, uh, Lord, just be mindful of you, and Lord, that you would speak to our hearts, and Lord, that you would have your way done. Lord, we do thank you for what you're going to do. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. This time of the year, I'm reminded of the hope of, uh, of, of the Lord coming back. I mean, I'm, I'm reminded, a lot of people think, oh, this is the Christmas season, this is the holiday season, and, and, but what time this time of the year always reminds me of his, his coming to the earth. And it also springs in my mind uh, not only his first coming, but his second coming, uh, that he's coming back to get us, and I'm thankful for that. And, uh, but we have uh, this hope that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin and uh, of uh, the Holy Ghost, and because of that, we have an eternal hope. And that's kind of what I want to talk about tonight is uh, a hope to all generations, a hope to all generations and that hope is, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ. When he came to this earth uh, some 2,000 years ago, uh, he came to this earth, was born of a virgin. We'll talk about that a little bit. And uh, that he lived some 33 years on this, uh, this earth without sin. There was no guile uh, found in him. So we praise the Lord for that. And uh, because of that, we have the hope of eternal security, the hope of eternal salvation, the, the hope that... Uh, uh, Jesus Christ is not going to leave us here comfortless, but we have a comforter living and abiding in the Christian today. While this time of the year is the most wonderful time of the year, I believe, um, there are some, you know, we gather around family and friends and, and uh, we have get-togethers and things like that, and it's wonderful, but there are some that are, uh, this time of the year is a time of despair, a time of unrest and hopelessness. And uh, because we live in an imperfect world, uh, often we'll have things going well one day and then the next day or the next minute, uh, all, the, the bottom drops out. And uh, we've all experienced things in times like that. But one man in the Bible that I uh, was thinking about during this time of the year is a man by the name of Joseph. And he had everything going for him. He, I mean, he was getting ready to marry, uh, by, uh, marry the woman that he wanted to marry, had all of his plans, and uh, then his world was turned upside down. I mean, it, it just, uh, to get the news that his uh, soon-to-be wife uh, 
uh, was pregnant and he's not the father of the baby. Uh, now we all would question some things there. We'd all wonder what's going on. But of course this was God's plan. And we're going to look at that uh, in just a moment. Uh, but Jesus Christ is a hope to all generations. He's a hope to the world. In the Bible, now what we need to understand, I keep mentioning the word hope. In the Bible, uh, it's not synonymous with maybe. Uh, we think of hope as, oh, I hope so, and with um, a little bit of doubt. But whenever you talk about the blessed hope or talk about hope in the Bible, it is uh, with complete assurance. It means assurity. It means it's going to happen. And uh, that's why I say the blessed hope, what we're looking forward to, and, and uh, we have this hope in us that Christ is going to come back. And it's not a, oh, well, maybe he will, or I sure hope he does. It's he is coming back. It's as if he's already come back. That's how much uh, surety it means. And um, for here, uh, Joseph uh, had the hope of the promise of the God child. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But I want to look at three thoughts tonight, and we'll have the message. Number one, I want you to notice the announcement of this hope, or the announcement. In Matthew chapter 1, we're going to be there if you want to turn back. Of course, uh, the Bible talks about the birth of Jesus here. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Uh, there's, and now there's an announcement made, okay? Everybody sees now that Mary is pregnant. And with these few words, the Holy Spirit of God gives important details about Joseph and Mary and the couple to whom God was to reveal his plan for the world. I mean, his hope for the world is, comes through uh, uh, Joseph and, and through Mary. And I want you to notice the preparation here. First, we see that Mary was espoused to Joseph. She was a spouse to Joseph in our society today. Uh, that is what we kind of call the engagement. And we kind of still, most people observe, uh, you know, uh, do that. It's common practice to have an engagement time before the marriage. Um, and uh, were in, but according to Jewish uh, tradition, what they did, the spouse time there is a little bit different. In this culture, a spousal signified that a contract of marriage has already been completed. I mean, it's kind of like a, the marriage was already there, but they just they had to be separated for a certain period of time while the husband or the, the man was to uh, prepare a place for his bride. And uh, that's what was happening here, and there was that, that transition time. And for all intents and purposes, the couple was already legally married. Uh, under the Jewish law, but they had to observe this period of separation before the intimacy uh, could happen and, and the groom prepared a home for his wife. Little did Joseph know that he was about to get far more than what he bargained for. And uh, I want you to notice the preparation as God prepared the heart of Joseph and he prepared the heart of Mary, but also I want you to notice the purity. God uses these, this couple in a, a wonderful way, and I believe it's one of the ways is because of their purity one to another. Uh, there is an attack on the uh, virgin birth today, and it's happening in some of the perversions of the Bible. Uh, they want to say that not that Mary was a virgin, but that she was a fair lady or a uh, young woman or 
fair maiden or something of the sort, but it's very, uh, and why we think, well, that's not that big of a deal. Well, what it does is it gives um, ammunition, if you will, to attack the virgin birth. And if the virgin birth, if we didn't have the virgin birth, folks, we wouldn't have salvation. Because if the bloodline came through the man at all, if, there, if she was not a virgin, if there was any impurity at all, then we'd still be lost in our sins. And when they attack the virgin birth, folks, they are attacking the, the very doctrines that are found in God's word. The Bible says, when as in Matthew 1.18, wherein as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together. Notice that, before they came together. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Over and over in the scripture, if you read through the scriptures, uh, uh, it protects, the Holy Spirit of God protects the virgin birth. I mean, it's revealed many times, and God revealed his plan by way of, a, uh, of an angel. There in Luke 1, it says this in verse 26, it says, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. The Bible tells us in no uncertain terms that Mary was not just a just woman or a woman, but she was a virgin. And we need to uh, don't let anybody ever try to tell you or, or say, uh, you know, that uh, she was a fair lady or a young woman. She was a virgin. And we need to make sure because that will taint the, everything we believe. And so that's very important. The Bible says in Isaiah 7, 14, all through the scriptures it says this, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. So we see the, the prepare, preparation, we see the purity, but I want you to know the perplexity. Notice this. Notice two important phrases that are found here in Matthew 1, 18. The first one says, Mary was found with child. The word translated found indicates something that is discovered through uh, inquiry or observation, recognized or detected. This pregnancy was not something that Joseph or Mary had any foreknowledge about. They didn't know this was coming until the angel appeared to them, until they, uh, she had no indication that she was pregnant. The second phrase I want you to notice here, which is important, the Bible says here the child Mary carried was of the Holy Ghost. Now typically when we talk about uh, uh, children being born, I'm not going to be crude or anything like that, but there's a man involved in the situation. There had to be a woman and a man involved, and a mother and a father, yet the Bible makes no mention to the father, makes no mention there in Galatians 4.4 4 it says this. Now notice the Bible says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Made of a woman. That's an interesting phrase. Basic uh, biology tells us that that can't happen just to be made of a woman. Um, the Bible says in 1 Timothy 3.16, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, and preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. The very child 
Israel had been waiting for was in Mary's womb, wrapped up in there. The hope of the world was wrapped up in this doctrinal truth here. Jesus Christ is not the son of a human man. He was the very son of God. We need to understand that. So we think about this season coming on. What, what all? Now let me tell you, let me just put it out here. More than likely, Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. I hope that didn't just shock you right there. Okay? Uh, we just take that day to, to recognize his birth, and uh, we celebrate the fact that he came to earth. Whether it was June, July, whatever, it's a time we celebrate that Christ came to the earth to save sinners, which, whom I am chief. But then I want you to notice number two. I want you to notice the assessment. We can only imagine how overwhelmed Joseph felt. I mean, uh, to know that Mary's pregnant and he's not the father, I mean, he had to be overwhelmed. And uh, he had plans for his promised wife, and he had plans that, and the woman that he loved, that had, he had worked hard to create a life for, and, and uh, he was going to have a baby that was not his. The Bible tells us that Joseph wrestled with what to do with the news. He, I mean, he pondered this. He thought about it. Notice in verse 19 of Matthew 1, it says, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. Joseph was in a quandary. He was, and he didn't know what to do. What was he going to do? Perhaps he questioned why God would allow this to come in his life. I mean... Uh, by all indication, Joseph was a good man. He was a hard worker and, and uh, wanted to live for God. And we'll see some of that in a little bit later. But, but we must remember that no matter what is going on around us or how little it makes sense to us, God's always right and His will is not based on our understanding. There's sometimes, you know, God does things in our lives, and we're like, what in the world is going on? I don't understand God, but the Bible says this. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding, but all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. He didn't say that we can understand what he's doing. He never, he never said, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just lay it out word for word, and, and that's how it's going to be, and you're going to understand everything. He didn't say that. He said that we're to trust. If we were to understand everything, that would say that we maybe didn't trust God fully if we had to understand everything. That's not faith. If we, that which is, uh, uh, is faith is unseen. So we must trust God, not knowing what the outcome is, just trusting Him that He's in control. See, I noticed some things about Joseph here is he wanted to do what was right. As you read this text, you'll find this couple uh, here in verse 19. The Bible says Joseph was a just man. He was a just man. And the word just means righteous. He observing divine laws. He wanted to do what was right uh, before his God and uh, before his man, uh, before his country. And he wanted to do right. He wanted to be virtuous, keeping the commands of God. From this, we know that Joseph was a man who followed the Jewish law and tried to live obediently to the commands found in God's word. So that's why the quandary, that's why he was, he was trying to figure out what to do. He, he knew that by law, Mary could be put to death. Because she was pregnant with 
she was engaged. She was a spouse to Joseph, and she could have been stoned to death for having a relationship outside the marriage. And uh, he would have been in within all rights to do so. Now, what I noticed on this is that Joseph wanted to do the right thing biblically. He wanted to do the right thing humanly. He wanted to do the right thing. But then I also noticed that he wanted to be respectful. Notice Joseph was a merciful man. Matthew records that, uh, that rather than make her a public example, everyone to see and just everyone come out and stone her for her sins and make known abroad all the things that she had done wrong and that she was pregnant and the child's not his. Instead, the Bible says that he wanted to put her away privately, uh, meaning that he would not name the reason for the divorce that would humiliate her and her family. Joseph wanted to be respectful. Joseph could easily have sought revenge against Mary, but his acts speak highly of his love for Mary. Notice the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, Charity suffereth long. Now, if we put ourselves... Brother Bobby says, read the Bible in living color. And if we were just to understand, uh, put ourselves in Joseph's shoes, what would we do? The Bible says, charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bearing all things, believing all things, hopeth all things, enduring all things. Charity never faileth. But whether it be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether they be tongues, they shall cease. And whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. I see that Joseph is a good example of a love for his wife. He didn't want to be rash. Notice there in verse 20, it says, But while he thought on these things, he didn't want to just say, Okay, this is what I'm going to do. How many times do we do that? When something we react instead of saying, God, what would you have me to do? We just, whatever first thing comes to our mind, well, that's just the way I am. How about, what if we would just stop and say, God, what would you have me to do in this situation? I tell you what, that made the whole difference as he wondered, he pondered these things in his heart. He was very thoughtful on these things. This verse indicates that Joseph was still deliberating what to do on his response as he heard from God. He did not react impulsively, although uh, an impatient response would have been uh, deemed uh, righteous, I guess you would say. But he didn't want to just make a rash decision that would uh, affect him and Mary's life and her family forever. Circumstances come into our lives that are out of our control but not out of God's will. Let me say that again. Circumstances come into our life that are out of our control, but not out of God's will. We must, like Joseph, wait to hear from the Lord. We should never make hasty decisions and when, it's, uh, when we're feeling uh, depressed or down or discouraged. Uh, instead of trying to make things happen our way, we should wait on the Lord. The Bible says in Psalm 27, 14, Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Then the final thing I have for you, the last thought, 
I want you to notice the amazement. The amazement. For that... When, uh, for anybody that's had children, which most of you, I think, have uh, had children, when they turn about two or three years old, they come into this phase when they ask, why? Anybody else ever had children? I know my kids drove me crazy. They would ask me, why? Why is, why is the stars out? Why is the sun out? Why, why this? And I mean, why everything? And we, we kind of get frustrated with our children why? Because I told you so. That's why. And that's what we kind of resort to. But it can sometimes become exhausting to us. But you and I are often the same way. You say, what do you mean? I, when God does things in our lives, what's the first thing we do? Why, God? Why, why, don't, you, why don't you act right now? Why don't you do something right now? Why aren't you acting in my time? Why aren't you doing this? And we ask questions of God, which, folks, we have, no, we have no right to question God. But we, we want to know uh, when he's going to do something, when he's going to step in, how he, what is he doing in our lives. God always reveals what we need to know when we need to know it. Now, we want to know, you know, ten steps ahead. But, you know, I believe God, just as the, the children of Israel crossed over the Red Sea... I believe it was that when they crossed over, it was a step of faith. And the water didn't congeal up until uh, they took that first step of faith. You see, I noticed in this, in the midst of pain and confusion and questions, Joseph discovered what true hope was about. He, he discovered the plan. God's plan was miraculous. You know, in our darkest experiences, we forget that God has a plan to bring out good out of our suffering. We sometimes think, why, God, why are you doing this in my life? But can I tell you, God works. God works in mysterious ways. And when we are in our darkest moments of our lives, God reveals things to us and, and uh, we see it clearly. Matthew 1.20 says, But while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that, that, that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Think about that. Not only was Jesus to be born of a woman, but he's conceived of the Holy Ghost. Luke 1.35 says, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the, the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that uh, holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Those who would deny Christ's virgin birth also deny his eternal Godhead and his deity. Some try to compromise by saying that Jesus was a prophet or a good teacher or a moral man. Uh, according to the Koran, even uh, um, the Koran says that he was a messenger of Allah. See, the Bible declares in John 1.14, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Bible says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And because of this miraculous conception, when Jesus went to the cross, he was not shedding 
a man's blood. He was shedding the very blood of God. It was divine blood. It was precious blood. As again, as I, I said earlier, if it was if he was born of a man, folks, he would have the I, I don't know all the uh, terminology and I don't know all the medical jargon, but uh, I know Brother Adam could probably teach it to us. But I guess the bloodline runs through the man, what I understand. And so if that's the case, there was no, uh, in Jesus' blood, there was no man's blood in Jesus. So it was, it was divine blood. See, that it wasn't just a man that died because we would st still all be dead in our sins. The blood of Joseph was, uh, would have had no saving properties, no resurrection power. On the cross, Jesus shed his very blood of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Hebrews 9.14, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot or, uh, to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Then I want you to notice the provision was marvelous. The miraculous birth was God's plan to send his son, and, and he sent Jesus for a specific purpose, for a reason. Why did Jesus come to this earth? Well, God planned it from the beginning. God planned it that uh, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus Christ came. The reason for his birth was to die. His whole reason to come to this earth was to die for our sins. His whole purpose. Matthew one twenty one says, And thou shalt... Call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. The Hebrew name Jesus literally means Jehovah saves. Jehovah saves. And the word Savior means deliverer. deliverer. The Bible says, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. The Bible says in Isaiah 43, 11, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Jesus came to the earth to be born of a virgin, ultimately to die for our sins on the cross of Calvary. There's a song, I'm sure Brother Duke knows the song. It's probably one of his favorites, if you ever hear him say, this is one of my very favorites. It's Born to Die. You ever heard that song, Brother Duke, Born to Die? It's a, very, it's a, it's a wonderful song. But it tells about the purpose, the whole reason Jesus came was he was born to die. Then I want you to notice the final thing here is the promise is magnificent. Matthew one twenty three says, Behold, a virgin shall be, be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. Jesus is Emmanuel, the Messiah, born of a virgin because Jesus was God united with man. Emmanuel... God with us. See, this is a promise that God said from the beginning that he would bring us a comforter. There in John 1, 10, it says, He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even them that believe on his name. Titus 3.5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. 
the very message of Christmas is a message of hope. As we enter into this holiday season or Christmas time, whatever you want to call it, remember it's a time of hope. It's a time of hope because we look back at his birth and his whole purpose for being born was to die for our sins. We have the hope of eternal salvation. We have the hope of an eternal place in heaven. Someone wrote, hope in God's promises is not a wishful longing, but a faith-filled conscious for the, uh, confidence for the future. It is simply impossible to trust one of God's promises and not anticipate it to come to pass. To know God is to trust Him, and to trust God is to trust in His promises. Folks, we have a promise. We have this hope. That Jesus Christ came to this earth, born of a virgin, to die for our sins. I'm not with wishful thinking. I'm here with a hope, with a complete assurance that God died for my sins and for the sins of the world. As Christians, our hope is embodied in the very name of Emmanuel, God with us. As we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate his presence in our life. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Just wanted to bring a thought tonight as we enter into the Christmas season. Let it be a season of hope, a time of hope, a time of rejoicing in the promises of God. A promise that he came, but also a promise that he's coming. I, I'm thankful that this world is not my home. My treasures are laid up beyond the blue. Folks, we have this promise in Him. He's the hope to all generations. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I don't know for sure that I'm saved. I've got some questions. I've got some doubts. I just don't know for sure. Anyone like that? I believe we're all home folk. I believe testimonies that we're all saved in this room I hope that be the case maybe you're here tonight and you, saw, you said I get all caught up in the in everything that's going on in our uh, materialistic world and I need to stop and just thank the Lord for this hope of eternal life this hope that I have and looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ I'm going to encourage you just to have this time of alone with the Lord and just thank Him for the promises, for the hope that He's given to us. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, do thank You again, Lord, for coming to this earth to provide salvation for me, not for my sins only, but for the sins of the whole world, You said. And Lord, I ask that You would just help us to take time and to thank you for all that you've done for us, all that you're going to do. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts during this time of invitation. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Brother Adam's going to begin playing softly. God spoke to your heart. You can just stay there where you're at and just have a time of with the Lord. You can come to the altar. The altar is always open.
attitude of prayer. I do have some petitions, uh, some prayers that I'd like for you to, to uh, keep in mind. Of course, back to Bethlehem this weekend, praying for uh, souls to be saved and lives to be changed. Also, that we would just be a blessing to our community. And so you pray for back to Bethlehem. Pray for all those that are involved. Um, also, would ask that you would pray for Brother Kirk. He's meeting with a surgeon uh, this upcoming week and uh, for his knee. And so you remember him in your prayers. Also, his brother, uh, Carrie, um, he said that he's having some tests done. And so would ask that you would just uh, remember Carrie um, in your prayers. Maybe someone else have a prayer request tonight. Yes, Miss Suzanne. Mossman's uh, missionaries we support. The daughters or the girls are having health issues, so would ask that you remember the Mossman's uh, in your prayers. Someone else. Yes, Miss Melinda. Karen uh, is having knee uh, surgery done in sometime in January. Remember her. Also, Lou Broski um, is having a heart test, so remember her in your prayers as well. Anyone else? All right. Yes, Ms. Donna. Where's, where's he at? Hendrix. Okay. What's his name? Okay. All right. Anybody else? All right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, again, thank you for... Uh, Lord, the opportunity that we have to pray and that we can lift our petitions to you knowing that you hear our prayers. If we ask anything according to your will, you hear us. And Lord, we ask tonight as we lift these petitions, Lord, that uh, your will would be done. Lord, we ask for Miss um, Karen as she's having knee surgery. Do ask that you would be with the doctors and the surgeons as they uh, go in to, uh, to perform the surgery. Lord, I pray that you give them wisdom and and just that she would have a speedy recovery. Also for Lou uh, Broski, Lord, as she's having heart tests done, Lord, I pray that you would, uh, Lord, give the doctors knowledge there, let them see exactly what's going on. Lord, for Carrie, Lord, I ask that uh, the test will go well there, and Lord, that uh, you would prepare the family for uh, the results. And Lord, for Brother Kirk, as he's having a meeting with a surgeon for his knee, Lord, I pray that you would, uh, Lord, that you would uh, meet their needs uh, physically, emotionally, and financially, and all, all that. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would just meet in a great way there. 
also for the Mossmans as we uh, heard Miss Suzanne give testimony that they're not feeling well. Lord, pray that you be with the girls as they're having some health issues. Lord, pray that you intervene on their behalf. Lord, I ask that you be with Back to Bethlehem this weekend. Lord, I ask that, uh, uh, Lord, that you would just do a great work and that only you would get the glory for. No one here is seeking to be praised. No, we just want you to be glorified and magnified in all that's said and done. Lord, again, thank you for what you're going to do. We'll give you all the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let me give you just a few announcements. Of course, this coming weekend is Back to Bethlehem, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Be here at, uh, what was it, 530? Is that what you said? 530. Uh, be here 530. Right after uh, we dismiss here, I think he wants to do a quick run-through. And so if uh, you're able to do that, that would be great. And then on December the 10th, Brother Bobby Sanders will be with us in the, all day. And then on mark your calendars for this, December 24th, uh, Christmas Eve, we'll have morning service and no evening service. And then the next week is uh, New Year's Eve, we'll have morning service, no evening service, just so you can make uh, your plans for that. All right. Um, we'll all stand and close with a word of prayer. If you have an offering, you can just drop it in a plate. And uh, Brother Ed, sir, would you please close this, sir?